Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. And I'm Cameron Howard. And joining us today is Catherine Schifferdecker. Three months in a row, I think. Yeah. Uh, joining us. Uh, you guys are going to get sick of me. No, yeah. it hasn't happened yet, so oh, I think we're safe. So <laughs> Catherine teaches Old Testament here at the seminary. So thank you for joining us, Catherine. Yeah, good to be here as always. And thanks for, I think, what is a really beautiful and moving piece. You talk about a psalm that a lot of us know, but uh, important for us to revisit. Yeah, Psalm 23. So um, if I have a feeling that if folks out there have any Bible passage memorized, it could be this one. So it's a favorite for a lot of people. Tell us a little about why it's a favorite for you. Sure. Um, well, so first I should say, as I was thinking about, well, what's my favorite Bible passage? I think for all of us, you guys, you know, had the same issue when you wrote your essays the last couple months. There's just so many that come to mind and so many beautiful and meaningful Bible passages. And I think for all of us at different points in our lives, you know, different passages may have, have uh, more significance than others, uh, and that changes with different periods in our lives. But I, there's a re- so I hesitated. Well, first it was hard to choose just one, and then I hesitated about the 23rd Psalm because, of course, as you say, it's lots of people's favorite Bible passage. It's kind of like First Corinthians 13 for mm-hmm. wedding passages. You know, it's, right. it, it, the the danger of passages like that that are so beautiful. Uh, is that we just don't hear them. Right. Like, you know, we don't, we don't hear them because we've heard them so many times before. And, and so, in a, you know, in a sense, they may have lost uh, their so, power for us. Yeah, sometimes think that as soon as you start hearing the first words, you, your brain just turns off because you know what's coming next. Yeah. Like you just stop listening. So yeah. I think kind of revitalizing it is important for us to remember what's, what's really at stake here. What's the, yeah. what's the beauty of it that carries, yeah. Uh, yeah. that so many people want to hold on to it. Yeah, and I think uh, certainly the Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm, is one of those passages that deserves to be mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, um, the favorite of a lot of people. I remember there was a, a blog several years ago of, I can't remember what it was called, but it was this guy who was reading through the book of Psalms and just blogging about it. And he wasn't particularly religious, you know, he, hmm. he was just kind of saying what he thought about each Psalm. And he didn't some of them he just really didn't like at all. But he got to the 23rd Psalm and he says something, he writes something like, uh, there's a reason this is, this is you know, known by a lot of people. He says, it, it's as good as you remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we tend to remember it in a particular way, right? In the King James Version with a certain translation, yeah. with a certain yeah. cadence yeah. to it. Yeah. And so it has kind of become... Um, Stuck, but in a good way, I think, yeah. <laughs> in a certain mode. So that at funerals, you might be in a church that uses the NRSV all the time, but when it comes time to read Psalm 23 at a funeral, it's yeah. going to be yeah. King yeah. James. Yeah, and particularly the verse, um, uh, verse four uh, in the NRSV, it's even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me, but a, a lot of people really don't like that version, <laughs> and they go back to the King James, which uh, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Um, that that issue of the valley of the shadow of, is it the valley of the shadow of death, or is it the valley of deep darkness, or the or through the darkest valley? I think that's actually not a very poetic translation, no. but... It, it all hinges on the Hebrew there, and the Hebrew uh, for uh, deep darkness is Tzalmavet, which 
uh, if you split it apart, does mean the shadow of death. But uh, we've learned since the King James was translated that actually it just means deep darkness or, or utter darkness. I mean, it's it amounts to the same thing, I think. But I, I have to... I have to say, I, I kind of favor the translation, uh, the valley of the shadow of death, just because it's so much, uh, I don't know, it's, it's more poetic, it's It's, it's more than more just evocative. the words, it's the way that people remember it. It's, yeah. I think if yeah. people, if you read the valley of the deep darkness, they wouldn't know what, where it's from. Right. If you say the valley of shadow of death, oh, I know where that is, I know yeah. what yeah. that means, yeah. I, I know yeah. what that, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an image that's more poetic, and that, therefore it's more clarifying. The valley of deep darkness could mean all kinds of things, but there's something about the valley of the shadow of death and its yeah. cadence yeah. and the way it kind of builds death that you think. Shadow. Yep. Yeah. I And even if we're not sure what that means, you know what that feels like. You've yeah. experienced it. Yeah. You can point to yeah. it yeah. Uh, in a way. So it's a reminder about the, the, that these texts are really alive. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they take a life even beyond the particular words in any particular translation. They take a life in our communities that... Um, is a way, I think, in which God still speaks to us very clearly. Oh, certainly, certainly. And I think, I, I don't know that I even addressed your question yet about why it's one of my favorites, but <laughs> it's really this verse, I think, and, and the central, well, I mean, it's the whole psalm, really, but, yeah. but I, as I say in the essay, this, is, this verse is really where the rubber hits the road. You know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That that affirmation right at the center of that uh, verse, "You are with me," is is the the linchpin of this psalm. As I as I talk about, and you know, many scholars before me have noted that it's the center of the psalm, not just theologically, but literally. I mean, there's the same number of words. I think it's 26 words before that phrase and 26 words after it. Uh, and it's and it's the point at which the psalmist moves from talking about God in the third person, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, to move to to talking directly to God. You are with me, and then uh, it stays that way. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So it's it's this uh, turning point um, again theologically and literally in yeah. in the psalm. It's a good reminder that the psalm is powerful not just because of the words but the way that they're arranged and the way that they're spoken yeah there's poetry yeah, yeah they're yeah. Mo- poetry and there's something musical about this which you talk about in the way that music played yeah. a role in your own family's life yeah. which yeah. i think is a good a good way to contextualize what psalm 23 might have meant to people at the time it was composed and then the way it's still working among us it's it's a piece of music more than it's a like a text in some ways. Right. Well, it's a, it's a prayer and it's a piece of music. And, and we think, I mean, we don't, we've lost the music, unfortunately, but, but those uh, strange things in the Psalms, like the, you know, according to the, the hind of the dawn, of the, of the dawn sorry, or the, the word sila, and we don't know exactly what this means, but we think they're musical notations, the rubrics for singing the Psalms. And so, um, appropriately, then, uh, the psalms, and particularly Psalm 23, have been set to music so many mm-hmm. times. And I think all of us can think of several examples of that. Uh, you know, the hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, is just a gorgeous... Shepherd will supply my need yes. is my favorite. Yeah. Isaac Watts. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And we remember music often better than we do yes. text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we remember music well, maybe poetry next, and then just sort of prose or narrative last. And um, so there's a way that music sticks with us and that these psalms yeah. can stick with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my grandmother had dementia, um, 
visiting her in her nursing home and going into the lobby where uh, there was a religious program on TV and uh, suddenly the hymn Rock of Ages came on. And so this room full of folks who many didn't know, you know, their own names or couldn't recognize their own family knew all the words to Rock Mm -hmm, of Ages. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's just a way that uh, music and poetry stick with us and I think too when it's hard to know what to say mm-hmm. or what to mm-hmm. pray there's mm-hmm. a way that these um, broader metaphors can give voice in those sort of difficult times to yeah. sort of what, what is it you say to God at this sort of difficult moment well here is something that has been prayed before yeah, yeah. I, and that was certainly true for my own family in the story that I write about in the essay when my father was dying uh, I mean, the fact that he was a church organist and we'd grown up singing these hymns and songs our whole lives was certainly a huge part of our upbringing. But I think it's true not just for families like that, but for, uh, well, for, as you say, for, for, for lots of people for whom music and poetry and the psalms in particular are kind of their, their heart language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when everything else is stripped away and when you don't have the words to say, this is the way we can affirm God's presence with us. This is the way we can proclaim and witness that you are with me, even in the dark times. Yeah, when grief strips our ability to speak new words or when dementia takes away our ability to remember things, it's that, that music. And I think there's a bit of God's grace in that is that it's those moments. Maybe it's a bit like Romans when it talks about the spirit, the spirit interceding for us. Which sighs too deep for what? Right. The yeah. spirit can yeah. say things that we can't say. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's one way that music functions and hearing the, the psalm functions is that it's it's voicing things that we cannot say. Yeah. Whether because we're too deep in grief or our brain has lost the capability to say them. We can still declare that God is good, that God is with us, even in those moments, even when we can't, we have to borrow someone else's words to say them. Yeah, I, my father, again, being a church organist, uh, loved music of all sorts, but particularly uh, organ and hymns, and he loved Bach. Uh, and he had a sign on his, uh, off, on his study door um, that said something like, um, when we sing, we pray twice. Uh-huh. So we pray oh, nice. not just with our words, but with in the music. I, and it was attributed to Martin Luther. I, th- I never found exactly where Luther said that. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a beautiful statement. You know, when yeah. we sing, we pray twice. Uh, we, we affirm God's steadfast love for us, as Cameron talked about in her essay. Uh, we affirm God's presence with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And we affirm that, that the valley of the shadow of death is not the end, that, uh, that God's goodness and mercy, God's chesed, God's loving kindness, shall, shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Catherine, for a really lovely piece and for sharing a part of your story with us. Thanks for having me. It was good to be here. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.